on the Boxcore Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Gerson, from White Plains, New York, and from the greater Toronto area. I'm being joined, as usual, by Matt Klaus and Matt Hart. Uh, good, Dave. It's been too long. It's been really long, and I, you know, I said as usual, you know, we've we've been trying to get you on as much as possible, but both of us have been extremely busy over the past month or so, and um, and but you know, but glad to be back uh, on the podcast with you, and uh, and you've been missed, but you know, but you've been, uh, I guess, your seat, I should say, has been well occupied uh, by you know guys like Satchel, and uh, so, but you know, but we're glad to be back, Matt, and welcome to uh, to episode, I believe it's twenty two. I'm just, I just feel fortunate that I have not been uh, replaced. I, I'm glad that I haven't, uh, you know, been treated like Michael Young, you know, misled and manipulated by, uh, by you, you, uh, John Daniels. Well, that would, I mean, that would actually be pretty funny if, if I was able to do that, if I had the power to manipulate you like that. And if, um, and I mean, if that was even possible, I might even just try to do so, um, even though that would be a little bit neat. You know? Yeah, it would be very neat. Yeah, well, I, I haven't done that yet. Uh, I, I, you know, if I were you, I wouldn't expect uh, me to do that. So, But anyway, um, you know, before we get a couple things out of the way, which, you know, which we usually call housekeeping, um, it's, you know, this is, I think this is episode 22, and, uh, and we're still, you know, a lot of people send us emails, a lot of people send us tweets saying, you know, when's the podcast going to be out? Are you guys still doing the podcast? Are you guys, you know, and, and, you know like, what's the deal with, with, uh, with the podcast not being on iTunes or whatever? Um, we're still doing the podcast as much as we can. Obviously, Matt, you and I have been extremely busy, um, but we do encourage you to keep listening. If you would like to send us emails, uh, which and, and Matt, you know, you and I, um, you know, the reason we've been so busy is because we're we, it's because we keep checking, clearing out our trying to sort through our all, all our fan mail. It's um, we actually have had to create a new email because Gmail wouldn't let us uh, keep the the, uh, the email because it's, it's we ran out of space. Ran out of space. So, but, you know, but if you want to send us emails, you could send your emails to dtvquestions at gmail.com. Uh, if you'd like to follow Matt on Twitter, uh, he is at devil underscore fingers. And I am at Dave underscore Gershman. Uh, if you'd like to check out Matt's work, uh, I believe it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Am I right? On Fangraphs? Yeah, at Fangraphs. And I usually do a chat on Thursdays at noon Eastern time. So, yeah, so if, you're, if you're a West Coast person, make sure you set your alarm clock. Uh, to nine east, uh, sorry, to nine Pacific time, and, uh, and try to get on. You know, Fangraphs. Uh, Matt is, is very, very. He's uh, always willing to answer as many questions as possible. If you like to read my work, you can uh, check out my stuff at the on the box for obviously, and I have a post. If you if you're listening to this Wednesday or Thursday rather, uh, I have a post Tuesday this past Tuesday. So, um, if you'd like to if you'd like to uh, if you'd like to listen to the podcast on iTunes. Uh, just search the On the Box Score podcast and our good friend Adam Dorowski uh, weekly. Well, I guess for every time the podcast is posted, he, uh, he adds a feed, uh, I, I guess, to the iTunes, uh, I guess whatever you call it. You can download it there, so that's, you know, that's pretty cool. And, um, and Matt, before we get started, I know that, uh, that there has not been that much news uh, in the baseball world as of recent. But um, but there was a giant hurricane, and I think our listeners are wondering, you know, because they haven't heard from you in a while, they're wondering if you are okay. Um, are you okay, Matt? Uh, yeah, we didn't really get it up here, so. Uh, okay, good. It hasn't been a problem. I was a little worried. I was a little worried. Well, you're in the you're in the I thought you were in the heart of things. You well, live in New York. You know, I I was in the heart of things, and it was funny because um, yeah, obviously yesterday was just it was a disaster. I mean, there was. Rain. It was. It was just. I mean, it was like buckets, literally. I mean, I went. You know, like I went outside and I was, I was drenched. In, you know, in an instant. But it's funny because today was one of the most beautiful days you could ever. You know, I mean, you could ever imagine. Like 75, it was, you know, 70 degrees. It was sunny. There was, you know, there wasn't a cloud in the sky. So it's kind of weird. But yeah, I mean, I'm doing okay down here, and we hope that all of our listeners, uh, wherever you are, that you're okay and that you weren't affected by the hurricane. And we hope that you're safe in general. So. Um, but Matt, it's time to get started on the baseball talk. Yeah, well, you know, one I think one big thing that's happened uh, uh, since we last talked was the Royals re-signed Jeff Francoeur to a, a two-year, thirteen point five million dollar extension. You know that that is what I would call big news. Oh, it, it's huge news! Uh, locked up real team leader. This frees them up to uh, trade Alex Gordon for Johnny Sueto. Uh, wait, how do I... Cueto. Cueto, sorry. 
<laughs> it's late. <laughs> uh, I knew I mean, I was gonna. You know, here, well, here's the thing for me about that about that sign is that you know I. I, I, obviously, you know, I think uh, I think giving that that much money to different crew is a little bit excessive. But I mean, if they had brought him back, I mean, you know, maybe like I don't know, maybe a four, I don't know, maybe a maybe a one year, four million dollar deal. I, mean, I would have done that. I, mean, I think he, I think he brings something to the team. Um, yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, the truth is, you know, I'll admit I'm not a Jeff Rancour fan as a baseball player, but uh, you know, first I don't give it isn't bad given you know what his likely performance is. Yeah, he's over he's over his head this year, but been basically replacement level three previous years. Yeah, he's maybe one, one and a half win player. If he's one and a half win player, it's justified. And I thought about it. Well, if they play him full time, the problem is you don't want to be playing a one and a half win player full time. <laughs> you know, and by the second year, he'll be probably a one win player at best, uh, getting paid. And so you're either, st- st- I mean, anyway, so it's over the two years, it's a good deal. If he plays 150 games a year, the problem is he's not good enough to play 150 games a year. You're better off looking for a, you know, he's not going to be good enough to really make the Royals the contenders. Jeff Rancourt is a fine bench platoon player, but you don't pay, play those, pay those guys six million dollars. This is really so, true. This is really true, and, and it's not Rancourt bashing. I mean, he really is not an everyday player. That's just the truth. Yeah. I mean, he's having a good year this year, but you know, the last three years when he was basically the worst everyday player in baseball, other than Unieski Betancourt, uh, uh, those count too. And so, uh, so yeah, that's just, uh, we won't stay on this forever. It's just, uh, you know, everyone, everyone needs their Frenchie update. Uh, it was, uh, it's just inefficient. You know, it's, it's funny that this last week, uh, a week or two ago, Dayton was more, was talking about, well, we're not gonna, you know, we can't have talent people. We don't have a, we don't have a big budget, but then you're spending $6 million on a below average player at $13 million on a below average player. It, we don't want to hear you complain about the budget. Though. Right, right, right. So that's that's enough of Royals land. Let's talk about something interesting. Yeah, Just well, people interesting to somebody besides me. Yeah, well, you know, I, I think a pretty interesting subject uh, that you know that that I've you know that I've really been following, especially uh, aside from the Jeff Frank who signing, has been uh, the Diamondbacks and the Giants in the NL West. And, um, you know, it's funny because a lot of times you see these, you know, like, I, I guess these, these interesting stories, like you know, I guess last year's Padres or before that. Uh, you know, it, it seems like there's always there's always one team that you know has a really, I guess, fun season, and they don't, yeah. but they don't end up making it. And this year, the Diamondbacks are three games. I think, I think right now they're three games ahead of the Giants in the four. Oh, what, four, oh, it's four now. And and I mean, you know, if you had told me before the season started that the, you know, the, the, I guess that on August first, right, September first, the Diamondbacks would be in first place. It's not September first yet, but we can assume that the Diamondbacks will be in first place on September first. I mean, I, I would have figured crazy. This, I, you know, before the season started, this is a team that. Had tons of questions about his rotation. I guess rebuild it bullpen, even though even though they signed JJ Pitts to a three-year deal or whatever. It didn't seem like a contained team, but now they're. I mean, everything's been working. Justin Upton is having a fantastic year. Ian Kennedy's been solid. I mean, the bullpen's been really good. Um, this is a team that I think. You know, this, this is a good team. This is a really good team, and I'm not sure how far they'll get into the postseason if they make the postseason. But um, I, you know, I want to know your thoughts on that. But I, you know, personally, I mean, I think I think it's pretty. It's, it's really been fun to see, you know, I, I guess the Diamondbacks have done this year. Well, I think it's, you know, look, I think what we learned last year with the Giants is the main thing is to get into the postseason. Right, right, right. And then anything can happen. I mean, yeah, they had a, Giants had a, had a great rotation, still do. Uh, but, you know, look, 85 Royals uh, were terrible. Yeah. I mean, for yeah. a playoff team, they won everything. So, uh, uh, yeah, I think, you know, the funny thing is, is that I remember – Last year, when the Padres made their run, Jake Peavy was, you know, saying, "Oh yeah, well, but it's all Kevin Towers who put this team together, and I don't get any credit for it." Well, now Kevin Towers went to the Diamondbacks. <laughs> this is the team that Josh Burns put together, uh, for the most part, and he's not getting any credit for it. Uh, I'm not sure how they're doing it. Obviously, Justin Upton. People remember that went that Kevin Towers floated Justin Upton as yeah, a trade. Yeah, yeah. And no one's no one's talking about that now. He's obviously having a, a great season. Um, uh, a big part of that was cutting out on strikeouts, uh, putting the ball in play. Uh, you know, his, his walk rate actually is, is a, might have gone down. Uh, sounds a little bit familiar, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, his walk rate's the lowest of his major league career since his, like, little 2007, you know, mm. short par- partial season uh, debut. But uh, he's seen for crazy power, 
and there's other you know sort of surprise contributors. Uh, Ryan Rob. uh, Ryan Roberts. You know they have they've been great in the field, especially their outfield between uh, you know Upton Young and Para. Uh, those are three uh, tremendous defenders in the outfielder. And sorry, in the, in the outfielder, in the outfield. Uh, now I don't really like this Kelly Johnson trade for them. Uh, I guess they really just wanted a defensive shortstop with Drew out for the season. Uh, Kelly Johnson was having a down year, but he's better than Aaron Hill. But yeah, yeah, no. Uh, and you know Miguel Montero is quietly a really good catcher. Uh, obviously, Dan Hudson is the pitcher having a monster season for them, and he somehow managed to keep the ball in the park. We'll, we'll see if that continues. Uh, I think it's good that they have. Uh, it's one reason it's good they have. Uh, sorry. Uh, those good outfielders is they've got a real uh, fly ball staff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, guys like uh, Kennedy and Hudson, or I should say, they're not real ground ballers. Kilometer. Uh, Kilometer. What? Sorry. Kilometer. What's wrong with me tonight? <laughs> Kilometer. Uh, Kilometer. The stupid Canada. Uh, were you talking about him earlier this season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. I mean, I, I'll be honest. I mean, I, you know, at the time that he was a prospect, I, I never thought that he would be, uh, you know, anything more than number four, number five. But that's really what he is now. And, um, you know, just, I mean, he doesn't really have that good of stuff, but really deceptive. And there's a lot of pitching. You know, guys like Eric Sturkamp, for example, who just made his midweek debut this past Saturday. There's, you know, there is such a thing as succeeding with, you know, with with just a finesse and, and deception type. I guess just you know type of repertoire. And that's what Josh Cohen threw. You know, he's not going to blow anybody away. He doesn't have good stuff at all. But he throws from, you know, maybe the highest release points in baseball. And, and, you know, and it almost looks like, you know, it almost looks like he's a lefty throwing because he's just, I mean, because he's that high and he's that deceptive. And, uh, well, yeah. But, you know, with the high fly ball rate and the good control, uh, his, statistically, he looks a little bit like uh, Ian Kennedy Jr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if that's a good comparison. Yeah, no, it is. Stuff. It is. It is. Yeah, it is. It is. I like that. Um, I, I, you know, I just think that Josh Colmenter, and you know, any Kennedy too, for that matter. Um, I'm not sure how how long this is gonna last. Uh, yeah. Well, hey, it just needs to last this season. Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. And, and, and that's. Man, I, did you ever think Ian Kennedy would be this good? I no, I, I, I didn't at all. I thought, and Daniel Hudson, for example. You know, I thought Daniel Hudson was gonna be really good this year because he was really good last year. And you know, I think I, you know, I actually wrote an article about this a little while ago, back in June or July or whatever. But if you if you date back a calendar year, I mean, he's been one of the better pitchers in baseball, since, you know, calendar calendar year ago. Um, yeah. I think he's number you know number two, number three. And he's really pitching well. Um, you know, yeah, but he's another he's another he's another control guy. I mean, he is, Walk he is. rate under two. Doesn't ha- doesn't have a low strikeout rate, but it's nothing impressive. No, it's, I think it's like seven something, right? Seven point five. Or... Uh, his strikeout rate is six point eight. Point eight, wow. Or nine right now. That's not very good. Not very no. good. Um, well, no, that's no, that's around average. It's slightly above average, league average. Yeah, but as you said, I mean, it has to, you know. It's, but it's but it's the control, it's the control, it's impressive. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, no, it has to it has to remain the way it is. Uh, you know, I guess just for this year. And it's one of those things. I mean, you know, we saw Trevor Cahill, who we all thought was going to regress. He, you know, and he did slightly. You know, these guys, these types of guys, you know, um, if you know, if they're not blowing people away if they're not, you know, getting strikeouts. If they're not dominating on their own, if they're, you know, if they are getting help from, from the defense and they are, there's a good chance they'll regret. So we'll see what happens with them next year. But as you said, for this year, they really, uh, that's all they need just, just to win this year. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously these things all play into the long-term evaluations, but if you think they make it to the playoffs, that's a big deal for this team. Absolutely. Uh, they look like a disaster situation. Uh, I thought they... Uh, did not get yeah an adequate return from Mark Reynolds, and I'm still not sure they did, honestly. But uh, uh, yeah, uh, a great job by Kevin uh, uh, Towers uh, making some moves here. I mean, I don't want to praise him too much, but yeah, got got to hand it to Upton. Uh, you know, Chris Young is a guy who a couple of years ago I didn't know what was going to happen with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's uh, playing well. Uh, I thought, you know, after 2000, 2009, I thought, this guy may not be a major league starter anymore. But uh, his, he's playing great defense. He's not hitting superbly. I mean, once you adjust for that park, he's about, a, you know, he's a league average hitter, which is not all that impressive. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, he's, well, it's better than below average. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, so, uh, and, 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 uh, and, yeah, I don't know. I, I honestly, I had not paid much attention to Ryan Roberts before this season. Did you think he was this good? No, not at all. And I didn't even think he was, I didn't even think he was a starter. And he, he's really playing well. I think there's nothing else you can say about it. He's hitting, you know, but he's, he's kind of weird, though, because he's like, he's like 5'10, he's like 180 pounds, he's hitting for a lot of power. Um, so it's weird. Well, yeah, but, but yeah, but it's in, but it's in Arizona. And it's yeah. not tons of power. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but in terms of that bat. But yeah, yeah, he, I mean, there's, there's Ryan Roberts, um, guys like Miguel Montero's having a good year. Uh, I think he's having a good year, right? Yeah, Montero is having a really good year. Uh, he's a good, he's a good player. Um, I think on the other hand, we have to look at is, I mean, the, the rest of the West, the Padres are rebuilding, the Dodgers mess. Uh, Rock, the Rockies, uh, we, we could talk about some other time. It's the Giants who, uh, you know, I thought the Rockies were going to win. We could talk, we talked about the Rockies before. We'll talk about them again. They obviously are getting one of their weird sort of kind of rebuild, but also sign guys to 10-year contract, the same type of thing. I don't, I don't get it. But the, the Giants, uh, they pitched well, but their their offenses, their position players, it's falling apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, that team, I, I just don't get that team because they have, I mean, they have a weird, weird, I guess, offensive, you know, like contingents. Guys who are kind of like has been, but still contribute, like, you know, it's like a, it's like a once in a blue moon type of thing. It's kind of like one of those, like, plus performances where, it, you know, it's obviously not, it's not like, it's not like it's going to continue. It just happens that day, you know, like when they put Aaron Rowan into the lineup, put like two home runs, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't think that, you know, there's really, there's not many guys in that lineup who are just everyday quality offensive players. There's, I mean, there are some, but not, but, you know, but we're just kind of very streaky. I mean, Carl Falcon's a really good player. Sandoval, you know, whatever. Well, Sandoval's having a great comeback. He is. Yeah, he is. He is. He's uh, basically the only player, only position player who's had a good year. I mean, obviously Posey's been hurt, but, uh, I mean, he's at least, he's, I mean, look, the defensive metrics say he's been good this year, which, you know, who knows? Uh, I know he's, people who've seen him play say he's uh, slimmed down. Uh, but, of course, he's, he's hitting well again. You know, he's never walked much, uh, but he's uh, hitting for power uh, again. Uh, this is a four-win player, but other than him, though, it's been a it's been a disaster. I mean, Aubrey Huff's doing his every other year thing. Yeah, I don't get that. That's weird. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, who knows? Uh, Brandon Bell. You know, when Nate when Nate Sherholtz is one of your best hitters. Yeah, exactly. Trouble. Brandon Bell I mean, had a good had a good last couple of weeks. Who? Brandon Bell. Well, yeah. If they if they play him, they keep they keep jerking him around. I mean, they, this team is is struggling for their lives right now. I mean, if I you had to bet right now, I I think I bet on the uh, the, the, the D backs. I agree. I agree. I mean, just because four games is, is it's not insurmountable, but the Giants are just struggling here. Uh, Posey the Posey injury obviously hurt them. Uh, uh, Torres. Uh, you know, I, I like him, but he's he's fallen apart at the plate this year too. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, I mean the pitching is still great. I mean Jonathan Sanchez is terrible; he's been bad this year. But uh, you expect that. Uh, you know, Kane, Lincecum have been uh, awesome. I mean, yeah, I guess some people probably think that uh, Lincecum is uh, having a disappointing year because he's only has four. You know, because. Uh, yeah, he's still awesome. But Bumgarner, of course, is... Uh, I remember he was awesome, and then there's worries that he dropped all this velocity and stuff, and he's having a great season. He's having a, he's having a fantastic awesome. year. I mean, he's having... What? I mean, he's having a tremendous year, guys, Bumgarner. Yeah, but, I mean, it was uh, two years ago when he was still in the minors. Yeah, yeah, worried, right. Worries about his velocity. Yeah, and he came back, and he's a... Uh, but, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, this is not a young team. They they need to, They need to win. Isn't, uh, what happened, to, you know, am I remembering correctly, isn't, uh, <laughs> well, I can't even remember this name, but, uh, isn't Wilson out with an injury? Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's hurt right now. I think it's oblique foul, or something like that. He's hurt right now, and, but still the bullpen is excellent. You know, they have, uh, yeah. They have, Wilson's walking a lot of guys this season. He hasn't been, he hasn't been as good as, as he has been in the past. He's had trouble. Um, I think he's lost a little bit of velocity. I think he's lost a little bit of velocity. Well, yeah. Well, do you want to move on and talk about uh, another interesting story going on? Uh, which is the, uh, you know, I, I think this is 
another, it's a, I guess, a, a division. Um, or not really a division race, but uh, I guess a, a, you know, a larger discussion that's happening is, um, is the Justin Rowland situation. And now that, he ha- now that he got his 20th win, there's you know, people are you know, jumping on the bandwagon. But uh, I know your colleague, Jack Moore, wrote an article today, a very good article, about Verlander as a possibility for 25 wins. Huh. Um, he could do it. Uh, he could do it. I don't think, you know, and I'll be honest, I, you know, I think Verlander is a slightly more winner. I think a lot of people do. Um, I mean, who cares about 25, about pitching yeah, wins? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. It wouldn't decide. I guess now people, there's always, the, you're going to talk about him as the MVP. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a couple of people have written about that. Uh, <laughs> I, well, you know I what? Know. I don't think, I mean, whether he will or not, I don't think he will because voters don't do it. And I don't think he should. Look, if voters, if they didn't vote for Zach Greinke in 2009, they shouldn't be, when he was not only the best player, he's the best pitcher in the AL, he's the best player in the AL, even though Maurer got it because of his batting average, even though Greinke was uh, more than almost two wins better. Uh, uh, And uh, and Verlander, there's like, Jose Bautista's clearly been the best player yeah. in the American League this season. And then there's like two or three guys in the Red Sox uh, who have been as good or better than Verlander. So, I mean, look, Verlander's a great pitcher. He's not even pitching as well as he did two years ago. Oh, it's true. It's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't even had a, you know, his best Verlander season. But this is, this is what no, I No, it's a great – he's had – don't get me wrong. Verlander's having an awesome season. Yeah, yeah. But he's not uh, – yeah, I, I just like, – I think the – I think pitchers should be able to win the MVP. That's – that's what the award's called. That's what it means. I think it's stupid that people are saying uh, Baptista shouldn't win it because he's not on a team that's going to the playoffs. What does that even mean? Right, exactly. Well, okay, well, hold on. This is what I'll say, all right? Um, and, and, and I know you know this. I know I know this. A lot of people who know their shit know this. Is that you know, a, player, a player can't really, you know, can't single-handedly, you know, get a team into the postseason. Okay, he can't. So, you know, so it's ridiculous to knock a player and not give him the MVP award because the team is having a bad season when he's having a tremendous season, okay? Bautista is the best player in baseball. He, he is the most, he, he is the best player in baseball, but, you know, there's been a precedent set to give that award to the player who helps the team the most while having a great season, while his team is having a great season. And it's ridiculous, but it's just the way it is. So, you know, what I think is, is look, I think Bautista is the MVP, okay? I said that, um, and I and I think you said that too, right? But you know, but don't you think yeah. the voters? Are, I mean, the voters. Uh, I, I hate to say this, this is why I think I hate to say this, but you know, I think the voters are going to say, you know, well, Bautista's on the worst team or whatever. Bautista's not he's not on a good team, and Adrian Gonzalez, Elfery, and Pedroia, you know, you can't give one of them the MVP because they all, um, you know, because you know cause they're all on the same team or whatever, and and you know, it's not like one of them is single-handedly doing it. So then the voters are going to give it to Verlander. I don't think it's going to happen. I'm just saying there's a chance. So, but I think you know. But if, if the voters do, if, if, if the voters know what they're doing, they're going to give it to the best player in baseball. And that's Joey Bat. Yeah, you know they've done it. They've done it in the past. I, I just don't see how he he can't. It was um, it. was it Welsh? The Bob Welsh who won the MVP? Or it was Dennis Eckersley who won the MVP as a pitcher back in back in 1990, whatever, right? I, I don't remember. Yeah, I think it was back in '93. won the MVP as a pitcher. Um, you know, you know, it's it, it, it's happened in the past. I don't think it's happened. Oh. But, yeah, but, yeah. So, uh, uh, well, speaking of Zach Greinke, though, we should talk about the, the Brewers have been on a tear. We should. We should talk about that. Yeah. The break. Uh, you know, I I don't even do they. Funny thing is, do they have a? Uh, do they, I'm not even sure they have a positive run differential yet. They've been in. No, they no, they have a positive run. No, sure they have a positive run differential. I'm not sure that they. Uh, I'm gonna look it up here. You can hear my nerdy clicking here on my keyboard. Uh, and see what their Pythagorean record is. Uh, they they have, they're ten games up, uh, as we speak. I don't know if it doesn't include tonight's games. And I don't know if they're done yet. Uh, they're not playing tonight. Yeah, well, they, um, you know, <coughs> the Brewers last night after their win, they uh, they became the third best team in baseball. 
they they captured the six hundred uh, census plateau. Um, they've been yeah, I mean, they've been good. I mean, they obviously Grant Key's not there. They marked them. Um, and as you said, I mean, I think I think if, if they're in the postseason, which it looks like they will be, I think they're, they're going to be a hard ass team to beat. I mean, they're they're going to be, um, especially with I mean, you know, because once once the once the postseason starts, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's obviously it's the hottest team. It's, it's the best team of the time. And those, those you know, Braun Fielder, I mean, they just they just never stop. Yeah. Uh, Braun is having a, a, a monster season. Uh, you know, his power, you know, I think, I thought about writing about him this week, but about how, tre- you know, the irrelevance of trends. Because it's like people say, well, his isolated power has gone down, like, each of the last three years, going into the season, he's hitting for as much power, I think, as he has since his rookie off the top of my head. Uh, uh, you know, and, and all, all kinds of power, not just home runs, uh, you know, lots of doubles like he always has. He's not striking out much. Uh, you know, he's out hitting Prince by a good margin. And Prince is having a great year. Uh, these guys are both around. You know, Prince has a 399 Wilbur right now. Uh, Braun is about 440. Uh, that's just, and, and, you know, they're doing the, What's scary is they've done this with weeks uh, on the DL. He's not ready to come back. And Carlos Gomez is, is out. I think he might be done for the season. I'm not sure. Yeah. I think uh, the. Uh, one thing that I it actually has come up, I guess, but is that Nigel Morgan is having a really great comeback year. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, he was good in 2009, and he just had a horrible 2010 on and off the field. Well, I mean, his teammates really, from what I understand, did not like him in Washington. Right. Yeah. No. I mean, he he was uh, you know especially after after all the incidents, he, he he was I mean he, yeah he was he was crazy. I mean, he. It's definitely a distraction, you know, and I understand why they don't like him back then. It just seems weird. It just seems weird that you know that, that he that he goes to uh, you know goes to Milwaukee. And, I mean, yeah, he, well, they got him. They got him for not much. I don't remember. It was for a reliever. Uh, basically, the game. I think. Yeah. Ba- yeah. Basically, yeah, it was a game away. And if he's had a he's had a three win he's had a three win season. Obviously, he's been pretty lucky on balls in play. But he's a fast. I mean, basically, he's just doing the same thing he did in two thousand nine. A Corey Hart has been on fire. Uh, this whole team's been on fire. And, you know, it's funny. Grinky uh, supposedly had this down year. I mean, look, what, what is there more to say? Look, yeah, Markham and Gallardo have had good years. Uh, basically, Grinky came back and has been an absolute monster. Uh, he's strike, still striking out almost 11 guys every nine innings. He's walking two. Those are, those are like, best reliever in the league numbers. And this guy's a starter. Um, uh, yeah, people are going to look at his ERA and say it's not pretty, but those people aren't listening to our podcast. Right. <laughs> or if they are, hey, if, if you are listening to our podcast and you think ERA uh, means that Grinky's not very good, I would just recommend you read up on uh, defense independent pitching. Uh, I, that's all I'll say. Uh, and that's going to, if they, you know, that's a heck of a one, two, three punch. Uh, Grinky, Gallardo, and Mark in the playoffs. And that's gonna be really yeah, dangerous. I, I really would be pumped to see Grinky versus Halliday in the playoffs. And then and then you have Gallardo versus Hamilton or Gallardo versus Lee. Or, I mean, yeah, no, yeah, it's an excellent, 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 excellent. Yeah, I mean it's 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 and they have a good bullpen. Uh, I mean, I know Latroy Hawkins has has made some sort of comeback. Um, yeah, that act for <laughs> well, that's kind of funny. Yeah, he has. He's pitching really well. Yeah, he is. And you know, I'll be, I mean, I. Well, no, he isn't. He's not striking out that many, but he's not walking. Any. He's, he's not bad. That's pretty good for the Hawkins. And after his injury, yeah. I mean, he had a bad injury last year. I think he, I think he had a yeah. elbow problem or a shoulder problem. I mean, it was a bad injury. And now he has a, yeah, he has a, he has a 2.825. Wait, when, when, did, when did Cameron Lowe become a good reliever? When did I miss? Didn't he used to be on Texas? Last year, yeah, you know, last year he was really good for the Bulls. He was really good for the Bulls. Oh, God, I missed that. Um, yeah, Latroy Hawkins is. He's walked. He's walked basically a batter and a half per inning. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, but no. But of course, Axford's having a great year. But here's the thing. You know, Axford's a great young closer. You know, yeah. one of the top young closers in the game. He's pitched six innings. Just to put things in perspective. Grinky has a better strikeout rate and walk rate than John Axford. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Look, people want to talk about Grinky, you know, all the stuff. You know, he didn't try in Kansas City or something like that. 
Yeah, this guy's. I mean, if he qualified, he'd have the highest, best X. Sorry, not the highest, the best XFIP in baseball uh, for for starting pitchers. Better than Doc. Better than better than uh, better than Cliff Lee. Better than uh, over the last three years, the only two players with better XFIPs are Doc and Lincecum. And Grinky spent most of his innings uh, in the American League during those years. So uh, yeah, the Brewers are going to be tough to beat. I mean, the Phillies, of course, are are the Phillies. I mean, what can you say? Um, they have the best rotation in baseball, and their offense isn't bad either. Shane Victorino having a uh, uh, not many people are talking about him as an MVP candidate uh, that I've read, but he's having a heck of a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, argue, argue, yeah. I, I, if somebody voted for him instead of Upton, I would not blame them. I think, yeah, I, I think it's going to be Upton. You know, I, I think. Well, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it won't be Victorino. I think it's going to be Upton. I think because of the Diamondbacks is a good story. I think the voters are going to be Upton. That's, yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. Well, and and, uh, and you know, Victorino's has only got 14 home runs. A guy with 14 home runs is not going to win the MVP. No, absolutely not. No matter how good his other numbers are, huh. unless he you know hits 400 or something. Um. No, I, I, I completely agree. With him. But you know, I I think I think it's the most important thing is that we give our listeners a break from hearing our voices, and we take a break. That's right. Um. But you know, after we take a break, we're going to be back with uh, our good friend of Toronto Blue Jays, a 2011 first rounder, and Vanderbilt, 2000, and I guess 2012, 2013, 2014, now eight is Tyler Beatty, uh, and we're going to talk to him about, uh, about you know about a lot of things. You know, I guess most most importantly about the signing process, and everything that went into his decision. And we get back, Matt and I are going to spend just a couple minutes uh, wrapping things up, and so uh, so we get to just as a child of ten might act, but you're far too old. You're not Welcome back to the podcast. Now we're being joined uh, by Toronto Blue Jays 2011 draft pick and student at Vanderbilt University, Tyler Bead. Tyler, how are you? I'm doing great, thank you. How are you? Doing okay. Is it, is it Bead or is it Beady? It's Beady. It's Beady. Oh, I'm sorry. It's Tyler Beady. And, and Tyler, you know, you know I, I guess we just get right to it. Um, you know, you, I, I guess it's been a week since you started school, right? And, um, and that's right. And about two weeks since, uh, since I guess the draft signing deadline passed. So you know now that school started, could you just talk about I guess just um, if, if if you know I, I guess what you've seen so far in school has lived up to the expectations. You know after after choosing to attend Vanderbilt. Yeah, uh, you know it's definitely what I expected schoolwork wise and baseball wise. Um, you know classes are you know two a day, three a day. Um, you know getting the getting the three four hour homework at night and um, and all that, we've got to study hall. Um, you know, baseball conditioning, they're working as hard. Um, you know, we're setting goals for ourselves, trying to win a national championship, so obviously it's going to be hard work. And, um, you know, we've got a young team, and we've got a lot to learn right away. So, you know, we're picking up a lot fast. We're having meetings and uh, doing a lot of that. So it's definitely what I expected. We're having, uh, having a fun time, uh, just meeting all the guys and kind of getting out of business. Uh, both, you know, on the field and in the classroom. So you could basically say that, you know, that I guess Vandy is better than what you thought it out to be, you know, I guess a couple weeks ago or even, you know, uh, when you got the commitment. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I knew it was going to be a fun time, and it's, it's definitely exciting. And, you know, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of Jays fans who are listening to this podcast, obviously. And, you know, I, I don't want this to get too dramatic, but, you know, could you just, uh, could you just talk about, about, the, about your decision as a whole and everything that went into choosing Vanderbilt over signing with the Jays? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I uh, committed early on when I was when I was a, when I was a junior, but um, but you know, I, I fell in love with the school kind of when I visited when I was a freshman, and kind of always saw myself coming here. Um, I think the kind of relationship I, I I had with Corbin since the beginning was really was really unique and one that many players and college coaches don't really have, and he has that with all of his players here, and uh, that was that's what makes him a great coach and. Um, had the success he has. So I think, um, you know, getting down here, I knew it was going to be special. I knew we were going to have a special team. Um, and the chance to win a national championship in itself was was drawing me down here. But, you know, the academics was, was very important, the education. Um, and, you know, obviously the opportunity that the Blue Jays presented me with was, was an amazing one, and I'll, I'll never forget that. But um, at the same time, I was, you know, I was excited about coming to Vanderbilt, and I thought I made that very clear. So, mm-hmm. um 
you know, getting down here was was fine. I was very excited about it the whole summer. Mm. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, I was very excited about the Toronto opportunity as well. But it just didn't it just didn't come down to a big factor and um, you know, that was fun. How tough of a decision was it? I mean, like did it get to the point where you were you know, I mean, where you had almost maybe considered actually taking the money and signing with the Jays or I mean, uh, you know, I, I guess I did, uh, the negotiations change, you know, throughout the, I guess, throughout the two or, or two or three months, um, you know, I guess between the draft and the and deadline, or did you, or did you at least, um, I mean, was it a decision that you, that you really thought out hard and, 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 and it took a lot of time out of you, it took a lot of time out of your life to make the decision and whatnot? It definitely did. It was that, that whole two months was, was going back and forth in decision, and it was a very hard decision. There was points in the summer, I've said this multiple times, where, you know, I'd be, I'd be thinking I was signing or I'd be thinking I was going to school and then it would change. And then, you know, the whole last week or even that last day was, was a lot of thinking, but I think at the end of the day, you just kind of try to picture yourself in one, in one position or the other, one scenario and, and just figure out what's best for you and your future and your family and um, kind of go from there. Obviously, um, you know, money had to be a factor, but you know, at the end of the day, I'm playing baseball. That's really all I wanted to do. I'm playing in the SEC, um, you know, against the best players with the best coaching staff, you know, I believe. Um, and, you know, in three years, a lot can happen in three years, and I'm sure the draft will still be the way it is. might have some minor changes, but mm. I don't think it will change too much. Obviously, I believe there needs to be changes because it, it was a tough process for all of us who, who went through it, um, you know, all the high schoolers and college players who kind of waited till the deadline. It's It's pretty hard on you and your families. Um, it makes you grow up fast. I've been saying that, you know, the whole time. It really made me grow up fast and kind of, mm. you know, realize a lot of things about myself and, you know, my family and all that stuff. So uh, it was a very hard decision, hardest decision I'll ever have to make, at least I believe. And, um, you know, the draft will be there in three years. But for now, you know, focusing on getting the education and, and obviously winning the national championship, and that's kind of at the top of our list. Right, right, and and on a positive note, I mean, I, I know you mentioned how much how much you know I get to signing positive to get you. Um, do you feel that it made you stronger as a person? I mean, obviously, a lot of a lot of people, a lot of players who get drafted, most of them sign, and most of them, you know, don't have to make that. I guess that that's tough decision if they're either at college because you know there's no commitment to make if they're at college. You know, they just stay at college or sign. Or other players don't have as strong of a money offer or whatever. Um, I mean, how did this? You know, I mean, uh, do you think that this whole thing like matured you? It made you stronger as a person, maybe stronger. You know, like a, a stronger mentality, or do you think it prepared you better for the draft in three years or four years or whatever? I mean, or was it was it something that really made you stronger and better as a person? You know, just going through this whole process and everything. Yeah, I mean, I definitely learned a whole lot going through the process. Just, you know, my dad obviously is a is a baseball junkie and he studies the game and um, he was, you know, he was all in the process. Me and him both were, were learning this stuff every day, and he was teaching me, you know. All the all the things to to kind of say and and know about the process and what to expect and mm-hmm. kind of what to prepare for. So, um, you know, since from the beginning of that the whole draft process, even before you know senior year and that spring, um, you know, he was kind of preparing me for it. And you know, I, I knew it was going to happen. I kind of knew the gist of it, but just kind of going through it and living it was was um, something unique and something that was you know fun to experience, exciting and and hard at the same time, so, um, you know, it was, uh, it was definitely tough, but mm. at the end of the day, you know, I'm happy, my family's happy, and that's all that matters, I mean, there's, there's going to be people who say things, and mm. have their opinions, and that's, that's life, I mean, that's fine, I accept that, Yeah. Um, but I, I can't, I can, uh, I can only do, you know, what makes me happy, and that's play baseball, right. and, and that's at Vanderbilt University. Yeah, absolutely, and, and Vanny's a great, you know, Vanny's a great program, um, Hey, Tyler, you know, it couldn't say back, so I guess a couple months ago, and, and you were drafted by the Jays. I think it was 16th overall, right? Um, uh, did you have any – uh, when you were drafted by the Jays, it was 16th overall, right? 21st. 21st, sorry. Um, do you have any idea that the Jays were going to draft you? I mean, was it one of those things where, you know, after, after your father I sent out that letter um, to, the, to the organizations, um, was it one of those things where, you know, where the Jays had, had notified you that they were, you know, they were still going to take you? Or, or I guess what was your mindset – um, heading into the draft, you know, I guess also um, knowing that you were going to sign, regardless. Yeah, yeah, I I really didn't think Toronto was going to draft me. I know you kind of expect like a call before the pick. Mm. At least that's what I've heard from from certain kids that they say they get a call. But 
I never got a call saying that they were going to pick me. I think uh, if you watch one of their draft videos, they kind of just based it off of talent who was at the top of their list. And, um, you know, I was there and I got the call or, or found out actually, you know, when Bud Selig announced my name. So that was exciting. You know, I had all my friends there. But, you know, I wasn't expecting Toronto. I knew they were interested. Um, obviously came to a few games in the spring and, and met, with, uh, met with Andrew um, before. But, um, you know, I was expecting maybe a few other teams to draft me. Uh, you know, obviously Boston was interested and a few other teams in, in the later first round and supplemental. But, yeah, I sent a letter out, and I was I was expecting to drop. I mean, I wasn't – I didn't know what was going to happen. But um, it was definitely a little bit of a surprise. But, you know, it was a great moment. I was I was very happy to have all my friends there, and it was exciting. Yeah. So there were no negotiations prior to prior to the draft that, you know, that, you know maybe they were even, you know, uh, maybe yanked off the table. There was still no – there's was, there was nothing that would have made it clear that you were, um, you know, that you had a chance to sign. It was still just, you know, the, uh, the commitment that was on the table and, and the and the money that the team would be offering, right? Exactly. There was nothing, you know, nothing before the, the draft. I was um, I was pretty set on college, and uh, I feel like teams knew it was going to be a big risk and it was going to take a lot to draft me. But um, you know, Toronto went ahead and went ahead and take me based off, um, you know, their board. Hmm. And I, I know you mentioned Boston. Um, you know, was there was there any chance that, that you know, if the Red Sox had taken you, uh, you know, would your decision be different, or was it still the same same guidelines uh, for a team to sign you? No, it would have been the same either way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I can't really say if they picked me or not. But um, no, it would have, would have been the same mindset. Would have would have stuck to the same number. It doesn't matter what team it was. Because mm-hmm. um, I was I was it was a strong commitment to Vanderbilt, and I was uh, pretty set on coming here. Uh, can you talk about, and I know you mentioned this a little earlier, about about Vanderbilt baseball. Um, can you just talk about, about what it means to you to be able to play for Vanderbilt and, 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 and the baseball experience, you know, aside from just going to school there. Um, I know you mentioned how much it means, it means to be able to play baseball for Vandy. Um, just talk about, I guess, um, just playing baseball there opposed, opposed um, to Toronto and just what you expect of playing for the playing for Vanderbilt. Yeah, Vanderbilt means a lot to, to all of us here down here. Um, you know, it's tradition. It's a, it's a foundation that, um, you know, past players and, and future players will set. You know, David Price, Sonny Gray, uh, Mike Miner. I think, you know, their coaching staff goes, um, is pretty underrated. They've produced, you know, first rounder after first rounder and big leaguer after big leaguer. You see it. You see it now coming into fruition. You see David Price and Mike Miner just starting to, you know, David Price obviously has done there for a while, but Mike Miner. You know, recently just doing doing great up there. Sonny's in Double A, and um, you know all these guys getting drafted last year, twelve of them, eleven signed. Um, just um, just speaks to their kind of coaching staff and what they what they produce here and teach here. Um, it's pretty amazing. Um, you know, we we pride ourselves in investing hard work um, and you know putting in the extra work in the mornings and all that. Uh, it's pretty exciting, and we we become a team. Uh, I think that's what's most important. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows everyone, um, and that's how we kind of tell you win games: being a team and working together, knowing which role you have. And uh, you know, the coaches do a great job of of making sure everyone knows their role and understands it, mm-hmm. and uh, and knows how to kind of just be a team. That's what's most important. Um, and uh, you know, they just they do a great job. Coaching staff's amazing. They're real close to their players and. You learn this all. Right, right. Corbin's teach every day, um, and he's always impressing us. So it's, it's a fun time. It's, it's something we, we want to work for the national championship, and we want to win it for, for you know, this university. They only have, I think, one national championship in, in bowling and something like that. And, uh, you know, we want to win it for the university. We want to win it for for all the past players and, and especially Coach Corbin and, and this coaching staff for – you know, they've been working hard for for 10 years now, and uh, I think it would mean a lot for, uh, for us to win it for them. And as a pitcher, um, what are you trying to work on, aside from just getting better in general? I mean, obviously, uh, you're, you know, this is, this is going to be your first a year playing for playing for Vandy um, in the spring. And uh, what in particular are you, or I guess what, what in particular are you going to be um, working on just to make yourself a better pitcher in general and whatnot? Yeah, well, there's always something to work on. I think, you know, a lot of it is, you know, refining your mechanics, making sure they're, you know, repeatable. You're getting good balance, and you know, mechanics is big. There's always something to work on with your mechanics, and 
Um, obviously, your command uh, it's never perfect. You look at Roy Halladay, he just he's a perfect pitcher, and you know he has his off days, but for the most part, he can hit any spot he wants to. And I think that's kind of what we all strive for is mm. you know command of all three or four of our pitchers, and that's something we'll always work for. And that starts with mechanics and kind of setting a good base. Um, but, you know, we'll work on kind of repetition and, and throwing that curveball for a strike and. Um, whatever it is, mechanic, mechanical-wise, we'll, we'll focus on that and, um, and work on that. But I think, you know, working on command of, you know, the change up the curveball and being able to throw those pitches and, and kind of hitters counts to get them off balance because that's that's the key. Um, hitters hitters are all about timing, and if you can mess up the timing, then you can win most of the time. So, um, you know, being able to throw those off-speed pitches and, and focusing all on the mechanics and all that stuff is kind of what we'll focus on down here. I know, um, and and I just want to ask you just a few more questions. I know you're busy today, and you have a new workout to get to in a little bit. But um, Tyler, um, you know, have you have you envisioned or have you thought about um, three years down the line? You know, if you get drafted again, which which you're obviously expecting to, maybe even in a higher spot than you were uh, than with this year, maybe even a top ten pick. Who knows? But have you have you given some thought to what uh, the signing process could be next time, or just you know how it's going to go for you, and you know money, whatever? Just have you have you thought about um, being drafted again? No, you know, I really haven't. Um, I was just, I was just thinking about getting out on campus. That was kind of my first thought after the deadline. Um, you know, a lot will happen in three years. I don't know, I don't know where I'll be. Um, I'm just, I'm just focusing on, you know, winning with this team and this group of guys. The, the process, the draft will be there, and I'll be there as well. So we'll see. Um, I'm not thinking about it. I'm not thinking about improving spots or, or getting a certain amount of money. We'll see when that, when the process comes. You know, I'm just focusing on this team and. And kind of helping out and, and playing my role, like I said, and trying to win a national championship. That's kind of the first thing on my mind right now. I know that you're also on Twitter, and and you've connected a lot with the Jays fans uh, from the time you were drafted, and and they, you know that that's the most I've heard about you. And 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 still, I mean, there's a lot of Jays fans still following you on Twitter. Um, what was it like to just you know to get all the you know all, all the love from the Jays fans and 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 have them you know, I guess I guess what was it like to connect and 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 feel like you know like they you know they they obviously cared about you obviously and 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 um, and they really wanted you to sign. So, what did it feel like just to be um, just to have that connection? Uh, uh no, it was cool. But right after the draft, getting uh, getting all the uh, support and kind of love from the fans was amazing. I felt welcomed right away. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a little taste of Toronto and kind of what the fans were like, and it was amazing. Now they were they were awesome, and I respected you know all their opinions and. And what they had to say throughout the process, and um, you know, I've I've made some great friends up in Toronto. There's some great people, mm. and, um, and obviously there's some people that you know don't have the best things to say. But uh, you know, that's their opinion, and I respect that. And um, you know, everyone's different. I'm I'm a different person than, than my roommate or or anyone up in Toronto, and that's just how it's going to be. Um, mm. But at the same time, I mean, they were they were awesome throughout the process, and uh, you know, it stinks that it has to be the way it is now, but that's that's baseball. It's a business, um, but I'm I'm happy where I am right now, and um, you know Toronto will be fine. They have yeah. nothing but great people in their organization. Nothing but great players. Um, you know I wish them all the best. I wish all their draft you know prospects all the best. They're going to be fine. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to kind of follow them and see where they go. I know they have a you know a bright future, and they're going to be they're going to be good. They're going to be at the top of the at least one 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 year here soon, and uh, that'll be good. Um, it'll be good for them, and they deserve it. They've, uh, they've been working hard. Farrell, Farrell's a great guy. I remember when he was with Boston, he obviously won the World Series and helped out pitching staff. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Toronto's awesome. You know, their, their organization is, uh, is great, and I can tell them good things about them and those people. Well, Tyler, um, you know, first of all, I, I want to let you go, but, and, but I, you know, hey, listen, I really appreciate you stopping by and answering some questions. Um, you know, I, I'm sure the Jays, Jays fans still still care about you, and I'm sure, you know, maybe a few years down the line, uh, who knows what will happen, maybe the Jays will take you again, you'll get another chance to sign. But, um, but hey, listen, man, uh, good luck this year, and, and, um, and, and I definitely wish you the best, and thanks for joining us, Tyler. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, but it's going to be a surprise. In the next week or two, or I, I don't know when people are listening to this, uh, I'm going to have a post up about why September matters. Uh, people, uh, 
Some people say you'll read that uh, you shouldn't uh, take these September, start September set seriously because of the call-ups and everything else to raise the talent level, and I'm going to write a post explaining why I think that's wrong. So that's one to look out for. Uh, how about you? Well, I have a scouting post by tomorrow about pitchers and how to, how to scout pitchers and how to write scouting reports on pitchers. And uh, hopefully that'll be it. Yeah, well, that was a big... Uh, yeah, should, uh, we forgot to mention that earlier. That you had your uh, big post that went over really well on uh, how to read a scouting report. Yeah, yeah, I was really I was really happy about that. I, I really appreciate all the kind words from everybody. And, I mean, I... It's funny because it's one of those things where, and, and I'll be honest, you know, I, I really have a, I have a, I have a tough time, um, you know, like doing research. You know, I have, I have a tough time compiling data from, you know, from fan graphs. I mean, I, I love that stuff. I, it's just it's sometimes hard to relay it into a post. And when I wrote that scan article, I mean, I didn't even look at any stats. I didn't even do any research. I was actually I didn't even have internet connection. I wrote it on Microsoft Word because I was on a train. But I saved it. Oh man, you're so desperate you had to write it on Microsoft Word. <laughs> I mean, I had no choice. I was on a long train to Boston, but yeah, I mean, it, it just felt really good. It was, you know, I, it was my favorite post I've ever written. It just felt really good to write. Hopefully, I'll, uh, you know, I'll, I'll get a similar uh, positive reaction to my uh, post tomorrow on scouting. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to your September post. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, you know, that'll that'll be out. Um, I just have to get, I read it very, uh, very, very comfortably and dilating uh, distraction like hurricanes or injury or power loss or whatever. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, hey, man, it was, it was really good talking this week, man. I'm really glad you were able to, uh, to come back to the podcast. We'll, oh, I guess we'll do this again next week. Yeah, good. Well, have a good you weekend. Just All right, do all right. as you're told.